0: Unity, community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt.
1: Matthew and I are here to talk about the uh, seat, the healer's seat. And to me, that's about belief. What is it that we believe is possible? And, and that belief comes from what is told to us is possible as we're growing and the culture, what the culture is saying, and it also comes from experience. And and one of the experiences that we get that flies in the face often of what we've experienced prior to that is healing, when we put ourselves in an environment. So yesterday, you and Gary organized a healing fair. How, How many people were healers at that? There. Would you stand up if you gave service yesterday? And, and there were many more that weren't here. 18. that's awesome. And especially since it was very short notice to do that. And how many people came to that? Would you stand up if you were here for part of it in any role? And again, just a very small sampling of all the people that were here, right? True. What yeah. was that experience like for you to be part of?
0: Well, it was exciting. I mean, it was a little nerve-wracking, realizing that we only had three and a half weeks to pull the whole thing off. <laughs> and the uh, backstory on this, for those of you who didn't hear, was that uh, Ben has had the healing fair in the second Saturday of November for the last 30 years. Uh, Reverend I. Locke was the one who had uh, founded that, uh, band, and after 30 years, she decided to retire. Um, now, in that uh, healing fair, Gary, Gary uh, mm-hmm. who's a book editor at my head of uh he was one of those selected and picked uh, healers in that, and of course, he was pretty bummed uh, that it was happening this year. And as most the time, Gary and I were talking about the Intentional Thriving Expo, that we were thinking we have got plenty of time to plan, you know, in that late spring, maybe, early summer kind of time frame, we started talking about, oh, what kind of healing fairs have you been to do over the years? You know, what did you like? What didn't you like? And, and of course, this event came up in the mm-hmm. discussions. And Melissa was like, wait a minute. So there's a vacuum right now <laughs> without having a healing fair? And uh, maybe I'll go to talk to you. I'm and see if you, you can carry on the porch. Uh, so we yeah, did, and a an yes! <laughs> she yes, <laughs> she would love to have the torch carried on, so uh, mm-hmm. that gave us about, yeah, mm-hmm. three and a half weeks all together <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> at that point, point. and uh, yeah, it was great kind of reaching out to the community, because I haven't had actually much of a chance to reach out to some of the other healing groups around town, mm-hmm. Blissful uh, Heart, uh, Hive, mm-hmm. um, Nature's yeah. Uh so that was great to kind of make those connections, and had uh, steady flow of people coming in all day long yeah. and, um, and but I, I think it's
1: a great example of we have a belief, so this is just one small example, the belief is oh, we only have two and a half weeks, we can't possibly do this well that's a belief, it's not a truth and when you step into this quantum reality with this void, there there is no limitation in that. It's just like this. <laughs> Anything is possible there. And we are creators shaping reality by the beliefs that we put into that quantum field. And they are beliefs that, that unify our minds and our hearts. And so when you come together and and there's this love. For the process of healing and the love for the community and this desire to put this forth, that just creates its own thing and and here was this wonderful fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: this will be going to Neighbor Impact they're, mm-hmm. they're a non profit in the area mm-hmm. um, this is part of actually uh, the Out of original uh, thing that mm-hmm. she wanted to be able to help them out uh, for big city so that almost uh, families would be able to have Thanksgiving dinners mm-hmm. and uh, so she's excited that we are going to be able to do it on and here we are and mm-hmm. she actually came yesterday this today too so it's oh, nice. great to meet her.
1: nice so with beliefs and this quantum field I think I think this is really important because for many of us, we were raised with the idea of a Newtonian mechanical universe. Even though the quantum world was discovered back in the 1920s when most of us were not alive, it still took a while to get into popular understanding. And, and so we grew up with a more mechanically oriented outlook on life, and so when we would get sick, we would go to the doctor, and the doctor would make adjustments, would give medicine, and and that's very different from healing. It could involve healing, but healing is, is more about the quantum field, and it may or may not involve curing, but healing requires us to have beliefs that we are willing to adjust. I'm sure you've got some great stories over the years about what you have seen, because you've been doing healing for a long time, and you have a great story about your back, too. That's true. Share that?
0: uh, Um, I was in a car
1: accident, as well, and uh,
0: only had a lap belt on at the time. That harness kept cutting across my throat, so it actually disconnected it. Mm-hmm. You could actually do that back in the day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a dark, foggy night. Come to the stop sign, and uh, we'd stopped behind two cars with the drunk and the half ton truck behind us. Um, so that kind of set a lot of things in motion for me. Um, but I, had, I realized at one point when I finally was having uh, a lot of shifts going on in my life. And started meditating that there was something different about what was happening in that meditation process because I could not sit in my chair for more than 30 minutes it was just too painful at that point I'd have to get up walk around go get a drink go to the bathroom I think people always figured I had a bladder problem because I was always walking to the bathroom or walking to the kitchen or something but um, yeah I just couldn't sit that long but when I started meditating I got in really deep one time, and I would always look at the clock, you know, before I would start and then see when it stopped and when it stopped, when I came back out, and I realized that I'd actually been in for 50 minutes, and I thought, no way, that is not possible. Um, because if I sat for 40 minutes, I was laid up for the rest of the day, I would just have to lie down, I just couldn't do it. And I thought, no, okay, something's happening here, why is it that in meditation I'm fine, but in real life or normal life, I wasn't. And I started realizing that when I met people, usually within the first five minutes, I told them that I'd had four back surgeries. And I was like, why am I doing this? But, you know, I finally was observing my own behavior at that point. Yeah, and I was really identifying with it, you're right. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I don't need to be telling people that. It's pointless. And so I stopped saying it. Mm And as I stopped saying it and I stopped identifying with it, gee, what do you know, my back started getting better. (laughs) And now, trying to go through a movie, you know, you can't do that. You know, when you can only sit for 30 minutes, right? You're always on the edge and having to stand up and, you know, want to be in the back or whatever. But, yeah, I can go through a movie. I can sit for three hours now, so doing really good.
1: You really need to think about what stories are you telling yourself? What, what are the stories you say, I can't do that? I, I could never do that. What do you believe? Because it's just a story. I want to share with you a story. This is a woman that I worked with a number of years ago doing hypnotherapy, and she had initially emailed me, and in part she said, I am a 59-year-old woman. I've been diagnosed as bipolar, depressed, and I am in constant pain due to degenerative disc and joint disease. So let's start it out. I am. This is her identity in the world. And she goes on to talk about the doctors that she's a patient of and all the procedures that she's had. I am frustrated. And want to take a more active role in making my life what I need and want it to be. I had wanted more for myself than the insecure, self-critical person that I have been too weak to break. Can anybody identify with that? Have you got dreams that you always? Did you ever see that movie, The Kid, with Bruce Willis in it, and and he meets? his child self, and his child's self is looking at him and the, the life that he's created as an adult, and he's saying, what? What do you mean we don't have a dog? What do, what do you mean? You know, he just can't believe that this is how he turned out. Um, anyway, so she, she had wanted more for herself. I have lived in fear of so many things. My world keeps getting smaller, and I feel left behind not really an active participant in my life. I feel stuck in my story. I do feel that my potential has been blocked because of my anxieties, fear, and depression. And I am ready to break that cycle. So here's a powerful intention she puts out. I am feeling my age, and I don't want to waste a minute more. I want a stronger connection and better physical and mental health. So she starts coming one week later. After I left, I went for a walk by the river. By evening, I was still up and moving. No Vicodin. I'm smoking less marijuana. Yesterday, I hiked Tumalo Falls, been weeding in the garden, haven't felt this good in a year. Two weeks later, I walked so much, I can't believe it. Almost running, not even tired. The weight no longer seems so hard to release. One month later, I'm doing so well. I was using illness as a crutch. Now that pain is under control, other parts are bubbling up. I'm standing up for myself, focusing on my well-being. I've regained my underlying joy, started writing a book. Six weeks later, I went to the ocean for a week, I went up and down 175 steps to the hotel four times a day and no pain. So much going on, I need a planner. White noise of self-reproach is gone. So much more clarity and focus, using 100% of my brain. Possible. This is possible. Whatever it is that you may be holding on to, that you're telling yourself is your reality. It's a story. Think about when we were kids and we, at bedtime, mom reads a story. I I don't know about you, but if my grandson wants a story that's a horror story, I'm going to say no. I'm not going to read that to you before bedtime. Let's pick a good story. We have choices about the stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah. What... Tell me some examples of stories that you have seen people blow out of the water.
0: Mm-hmm. It's uh Actually, a healer's story would be kind of an interesting one. Um, so I ended up working with a spiritist healing group uh, for a while, and they were pretty much all Portuguese-speaking. I don't speak Portuguese. <laughs> um, and so it became really a, a challenge in that time where, um, I, you know, the patient would come in, they would say hello, they would say their name, then they would try and give an attention for their healing. I couldn't understand what was going on. And I'm thinking, how am I supposed to help? I can't really understand the language here. And I knew that some of the mediums that I worked with uh, were very visual. You know, they could say, oh, there's something right there. You need to go ahead and take that out of <laughs> the body. And I was thinking, man, that would be great if I could do something like that. But I I wasn't really seeing. And I complained about it and, uh, to Archangel Michael one time. And he said, if you want to see better, close your eyes. And initially, I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> and, and then I really thought about it, and I thought, actually, that's brilliant. And so most of the healing work I ended up doing with my eyes closed, because I realized that I had this limiting belief there of what I could actually accomplish. And I could then take a look at somebody energetically and see what was going on inside their body without ever really seeing, so to speak, with my eyeballs. Um Healing at a distance was another one of those limiting beliefs. Uh, I'd started off doing Reiki, and Reiki's very hands-on, and I still like that experience, but I had one of the you know, one of the teachers keep pulling me back and pulling me back a little bit further, and still wanting me to work with the person. And after I got to 10 feet away, <laughs> I realized that the distance doesn't matter at all. I don't have to touch the person to actually be able to work on them and heal them. And so then I started working in different countries and was able to affect people across the globe. And that, it is.
1: You know now through quantum science is that particles that have been together, they're entangled and it doesn't matter. They, they go across time and space. They remember each other. They're still entangled. And, and so you're not separate. So when we talk about we're all one, that's what that means. In that quantum reality, we are completely entangled. We, where does all this thing we call matter come from? In the Big Bang, suddenly, it's all there. And we all came from that. And so no matter what form it happens to be floating in today... It once was that. We are all entangled with each other. And, and it doesn't know space, and it doesn't know time. So we can go back, and we can heal the child that we were. We can go back, and we could, we could heal our lineage. There is no limit to that unless we declare that there is. We can put a limit on it, but why? Why? Why would we do that? When you study the placebo effect, it's amazing the stories that come out of that. Like People will say, okay, here's this this solution that we're going to put on you, and it'll wear off in 24 hours, but when it does, the warts will be gone. And 24 hours later, the solution has worn off and the wart is gone. You know, how can that happen? Words don't go away like that, or do they? You know, those are physical things we think are not possible. I remember one time I, I did this past life regression with somebody, and it was it was so powerful, and I think it wasn't really... Completed because what happened was I got the wow that's awful I got to that part of the story and then the session was over and when I left my back I think I had gone in for my back for back pain and now it was so much worse and I was I lived in Houston at the time and if you've ever been in Houston freeways you know there there's something and and so I couldn't turn more than that because I was in so much pain and I went to my chiropractor and the chiropractor says you're not out at all there's nothing wrong there was nothing on the physical level that was wrong and so I went to an energy healer who spent a while and then I was fine so it's these these things these stories are caught in our energy fields and that's why when people do energy work it is powerful because it clears it out of the field.
0: I remember growing up, um, it, the whole idea of an empath or healing was not in my family's thinking at all. Um grew up as a conservative, free Methodist uh, uh, kid, and um, my mom would have what I called uh, pity parties. She would have these friends come over, and she'd make a nice pot of tea, and she'd want to have them all come around and, and talk. And I was like they're all talking about the various aches and pains and what's going on and they all seem to be trying to outdo the next person with their pain you know and I just called it these pity parties and I was just shaking my head about the whole thing Um, but I would hear over here you know some of the different friends you know talk about their different aches and pains and then darned if my mother didn't start picking up on these pains and start having them herself and I kept scratching my head on that, thinking, how is that possible? It doesn't make any sense. And she'd rush off to the doctor, and they'd try and evaluate her, and they couldn't find anything wrong. And so they figured it was mental sometimes. And I was kind of agreeing at times on that, you know, you because know, I was like, how how would that be possible? And it, And she would talk about even going to the malls, how she hated going to the malls. And uh, that she just, you know, her energy was so down and different things. And in retrospect, when I realized that I was an empath and I could pick up on different people's stuff, it finally hit me, oh my gosh, she was an empath all this time and had no clue. And all she needed to do was learn how to block it energetically. But no, she was just, you know, this huge sponge picking up on everybody's different problems. And she spent years and years and years and years going to doctors and they could never figure it out. And I so wished I'd figured it out before she died.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, I think that, that a lot of people would call themselves an empath. And probably all of us are to some extent because we are all entangled with each other. And so we underestimate the cost of sitting in front of the television, period, but watching the news and all the the terrible things that are going on in the world, and we think that's free. That's not free. That is getting into us on a cellular level. And if we want to be the light that we say we are here to be in the world, then we need to do something very opposite from that. We need to immerse ourselves in communities like this. We need to practice meditation where we are getting our consciousness into that void where there is so much space and light and all those things that we were worried about a minute ago aren't even there. And we need to switch from being consumers of healing or anything else to being distributors. We (laughs) are the source, it's not outside of us. That's the work we are here to do. We say every day when we come here our mission is to embody love and awaken spiritual consciousness. And we do that by embodying love. As we be love in the presence of others, and we, we receive love in the presence of others, that whole consciousness is being awakened on our planet because love is what is real. And that is the key to healing. So we really hope that just these few stories and ideas will be seeds for each one of you to be more conscious this week, to take seriously the role that we each have been given, to go out and be the light of the world, to let that light shine. That is how we will get healed and how our world will get healed. Thank you for being willing to play with me in this.